situation. He took a picture in the back, he got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Me. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Uh, obviously. You have the final votes for the Baseball Writers Association of America vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame. <clears throat> and a lot of crap congratulations are in stow for David Ortiz. Now listen, I can admit that I was a little wrong when I predicted that no player would be elected by the Baseball Writers this year. But in all honesty, yeah, I, I'll, I'll chalk up the L. I'll, I'll defiantly claim that I lost here. But it's not like David Ortiz made it in at the rate of Mariano Rivera or Derek Jeter or Tom Seaver or Nolan Ryan or George Brett or any of the players that made it with 90% of the vote or more. 77.9% means that there's still 22.1% of the baseball writers that didn't think David Ortiz should be in a baseball hall of fame. And when you when you sit here and you sit back and you talk about the one one particular player, you can bring up pros and cons. You talk about the designated hitter argument, and I think Edgar Martinez and Frank Thomas and others have kind of opened that door for the pure just hitter, the guy that didn't play a position on the field. Um, if you think of really the best designated hitters in the history of the sport, 1972 to current day, there's David Ortiz, there's Edgar Martinez, and then there's guys like Frank Thomas that, yes, played another position, but spent the majority of their career as a designated hitter. And listen, the position has been open. It's been over 50 years that there's been a designated hitter in the American League in baseball, and odds are when the baseball season starts in 2022, there's going to be a universal designated hitter. There's going to be a DH in uh, both leagues, which I guess at this point there probably should be. And you've heard my arguments about that, how, you know what, I was probably more of a pro-National League guy before, but I've seen the decision, the conscious decisions that pitchers have made themselves <clears throat> to not have any interest in hitting. And it's kind of swayed my vote. And I think there should be a universal DH. Listen, if there is, there isn't. I don't think it's necessarily going to impact me one way or the other. But I think it's it's come time where you should honor the greatest players to ever play the sport. And that includes the top players that have played at each one of these positions. That includes designated hitter. So the DH argument on David Ortiz I think is a little weak at this point. You're looking at somebody that was a three-time World Series champion. The Boston Red Sox do not win any one of those three World Series without David Ortiz. David Ortiz rose to the occasion in the postseason where you see he put up some of his best numbers. You know, 541 home runs aren't a joke. Uh, he was a premier slugger in the American League for a long time. So I think on merit, you certainly look at that and you say, yes, it belongs with those other greats that played in the Hall of Fame. He put his numbers up against the likes of Mel Ott, who was one of the first players to get 500 home runs. You know, Jimmy Fox hit for a little bit higher of an average, so I put him in a 
different league. But you think of Carl Yastrzemski. Some really good offensive position players that mashed. David Ortiz is right up there with him. So the argument really isn't about David Ortiz's merits. It's around all the other bullshit, which we like to talk about. And everybody likes to chime in and put their own opinion. Hey, steroids, did they use, did they not use? And once again, and I, I don't know how I'm going to go with this. I got to be honest. You know, is there going to be another one of these rants where I yell and scream and rant and rave? I, I, I don't know. I don't intend to do that. But you, if you followed my show before, you know I'm passionate about this. You know I really catch feelings when it comes to the Baseball Hall of Fame because I don't think the sport itself has done enough to honor the best players to have ever played the game. Now, baseball turned a blind eye to steroids in the 1990s, and that's a fact. It's not an opinion. I could put a lot of stuff in there that's conjecture that I could say, hey, I'm using conventional wisdom. Other things I could say, yes, this is solely my take or my opinion. It's a fact that Major League Baseball turned a blind eye to steroids in the 1990s. And they did really up until Congress started calling players into uh, their, their, their courthouses and their, their offices and their rooms and made absolute fools out of them before baseball decided to react to it. You have a commissioner in Bud Selig that presided over those times. He was the authoritative figure. Nothing was going to go past him. He was the last voice in anything that was going on in baseball. And, and I think if you, if you ask Bud, he failed baseball at that time. Base, and Bud Selig, I'm sure... And because I'm going to be as optimistic as possible and say that Bud Selig cares about baseball because that's all he said. He said he cares about baseball. He could talk about his entire record as the commissioner all he wants and all the good things that have been implemented and the fact that there is steroid testing in baseball as we exist right as it exists right now. Bud Selig wishes he would have handled the early rumors of steroids better. Yeah, and, and that should be a fact too. The bottom line is he didn't. The bottom line is that nobody in baseball did anything about it while Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were saving the sport. The very sport that was in tatters after the baseball owners and players couldn't agree on a collective bargaining agreement and went on and had a strike in 1994 which led to no postseason for the first time in 90 years. Are we at risk of having that right now? I don't know. I think that's maybe for another another day, another rant. But the Baseball Hall of Fame seems to be dragging out this process of talking about an era, a time, where it's almost like the baseball writers want you to forget that it happened. But yet, it did. Barry Bonds hit 762 home runs. He hit 73 home runs in a season, and he won seven MVP awards. Roger Clemens won seven Cy Young awards, won well over 300 games, had near, you know, well over 4,000 strikeouts. There's no question he was one of the greatest pitchers to ever pitch in Major League Baseball history. Baseball writers want you to forget that. And they think that by picking and choosing... Who they think is less guilty 
that they're making a statement about the game and what has happened. The Baseball Hall of Fame, part of it, and you look at everybody that is amongst Baseball's Hall of Fame, all those hundreds that are enshrined with baseball's highest honor, all you have to do is state those names and you could tell the history of Major League Baseball. And that's one of my favorite things about the Hall of Fame and I like it in other sports too. You, know, you, you name the greats that have ever played the game and you could retell the history of the sport. The steroid era, whether you like it or not, is part of the game that is to be told. It's real. It's not fagazi, fagazi. It's, you know, some people want, I mean, my mom would say it's not real. Yes, some of the numbers may be artificially enhanced, but the numbers are real. What happened is real. It is part of the story that needs to be told about baseball. And as you're watching players with suspicion continue to be put in and be bestowed the highest honor in the sport, you're wondering why the greatest of all time are not. Baseball is accomplishing very little by holding out Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. And by holding those guys out, obviously they're holding out the many others. At this point, Alex Rodriguez, and you say, hey, this is his first year on the ballot. And I, I, I think over time, older baseball writers are going to die off. Younger baseball writers are more understanding of the time of baseball, lived it, and acknowledge that it existed, whether it was right or wrong. Alex Rodriguez, over the course of the next nine years, is probably going to get more than 66% of the vote. And that's what Barry Bonds got in his 10th and final year of eligibility. Baseball has done some shady things over the years. Changing its Hall of Fame rules for saying a player that's not eligible or is not um, in current good state with baseball is no longer eligible for the Hall of Fame. Basically, the Pete Rose rule. They put a rule in to keep Pete Rose from being on the Hall of Fame ballot once he was banned for life for gambling. And in baseball, because people in the inner circle didn't want to see Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get into its Hall of Fame, switched the amount of years that a player can be on the ballot, assuming that they continue to get 5% or more, from 15 years to 10 years. Once again, baseball doing shady shit to back their own narratives. There's people within the Hall of Fame that don't want to see the greatest of greats in the Hall of Fame. Now, listen, it's not as simple as I stated. They feel like they have some good reasons. Yet, nobody speaks up. Jane Forbes, Clark, and others have not spoken up when players with suspicion have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. They've not been asked those kind of questions. They've not had to have any interviews post-induction. And to me, this isn't about David Ortiz and a reportedly failed test in 2003. Because David Ortiz did everything to make sure that he was categorically denying what happened, happened. 
he called out those that administered the test and said, hey, tell me what I tested positive for. And Major League Baseball couldn't come back to him with an answer. He proceeded by playing, what, another 12 years at the highest level, winning three World Series championships, becoming one of the best postseason offensive position players, excuse me, in baseball history. And he never failed to test over the course of his, the rest of his career. Now, listen, if you don't like David Ortiz, you're probably accusing him of using steroids. And listen, everybody's the general to their own brain. Whether you're using conventional wisdom or logic or not, you got, you got the right to feel how you feel. I'm not going to sit here and accuse David Ortiz of anything that I can't prove. The same thing is said to Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza is one of my favorite players of all time. Suspicions exist. The, the torn calf muscle, back acne, uh, admitting to using Andro, which now would be considered on the level of an anabolic steroid, but wasn't banned at the time, wasn't you know banned by the government at the time as a controlled substance. Those, those are all facts. Ivan Rodriguez is called out in the, in the book by Jose Canseco as being a, a habitual user of PEDs. I haven't heard enough of those guys answering that. Now, listen, do they want to they take away from their honor, the honor that's bestowed within the position of getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame? I get it. But how about a separate conversation with those that if they're able to provide some information, listen, there's, no, there's, there's nothing that's ever going to happen to take any of these players out. And Gusgosh has made the statement, hey, if, if there's proof that somebody did, they should be taken out. I don't agree with that one bit. I, I, I see why somebody may feel that way. But I, I don't agree with Goose's assessment. I believe that once you're in the Hall of Fame, yeah, you're in forever. You know, Roberto Alomar has turned out to not be such a good guy after he has been in Baseball Hall of Fame. They, they took him off the, their committees. You know, they're ashamed of him for, you know, the things that he's done after baseball. They're not going to take him out. Toronto Blue Jays might take him off of their ring of honor, but he's not going to be taken out of the Hall of Fame. O.J. Simpson in football, what he did or didn't do, even if he was found guilty of murder, he was not going to be taken out of the Baseball Hall of Fame. This is one of those things that once you're in, you're in. And I'm not saying that it's time for a player to turn coat and rat out everything they've seen and say, hey, baseball players were doing steroids for this whole generation, and I did it too. But it really would take somebody with the balls to be able to stick up for all those that have been shamed since. Because Mike Piazza got in, Ivan Rodriguez got in, David Ortiz got in. And there's, at the very least, suspicion over whether or not they use performance-enhancing drugs. Personally, I have no issue with it. But I have a problem with the fact that they may have used, and others are in the Hall of Fame may have used, and there's almost this campaign against some of the greatest players in the history of baseball 
the player that has the most home runs, the most home runs in a season, the most MVPs, the most Cy Youngs, and then you could talk about Pete Rose and Joe Jackson, many, many others that are held out for different reasons. Kurt Schilling got 71% of the vote last year, but because he's an unlikable person, at the very least, you could talk about you know racist things he said or uh, conservative things he said, whatever, whatever you feel about Kurt Schilling doesn't really matter to me. But the court of public opinion dropped Kurt Schilling down considerably in a vote. It wasn't like all of a sudden he became less of a good baseball player between last year and this year. All of a sudden, Kurt Schilling's statistics were not as valuable this year than they were last year. They didn't come up with a new stat that put Kurt Schilling's numbers down. He was just as good of a pitcher this year as he was last year because guess what? Between this year and last year, he didn't pitch in a frigging game. But I look back at this and it really frustrates me because I think the baseball writers are doing the sport an injustice. And I don't think it's fair to the fans that want to remember baseball history to basically be told by a group of writers that a whole entire era of baseball did not exist. Now, what you're seeing right before your eyes is a changing of the guard from the players that get that, that should be in based off of merit because they're not in there's spots in the Hall of Fame that are reserved or could be reserved for others. And this is when John Q. Baseball Blogger or John Q. Researcher, and I put myself in this category. I'm not standing here telling you that I'm any better than anybody that puts out a column or a blog post or a tweet. But you know the campaigns are existing for other players that don't fit the criteria of what Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and others accomplished over the course of their career. And this is something that I don't think is getting discussed enough. I like the career that Tim Hudson had. I have grown to the fact that Scott Rowland at some point will probably be a Baseball Hall of Famer. I think Andrew Jones, as great of a defensive player as he was and the fact that he was an integral part of the Braves and that dynasty that they had winning all those consecutive divisions is a Hall of Fame worthy player. I have a little suspicion over the fact that he went out of nowhere and hit 50-something home runs one year. He had his Brady Anderson season. Now, Brady Anderson, his career, when it's all said and done, nobody's thinking of him as a Hall of Famer. So he's not asked directly about steroids. Either he used or he didn't. Luis Gonzalez had 57 home runs in that one season. He's not going to really be on the precipice of being in baseball's Hall of Fame. So nobody's going to ask him if he used or if he didn't. Andrew Jones is going to be facing, should be facing some of the same criticism. At least speculation that David Ortiz faced, that Mike Piazza faced, that Jeff Bagwell faced, that Yvonne Rodriguez faced. And those other players are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So if Andrew Jones gets elected, listen, I think he warrants it. What he did over the course of his career is Hall of Fame worthy. Was there 
the use of PEDs? I think at some point he should have to answer that. Once again, not because I care, but because the other players in the sport, players that did way more and accomplished way more, are being held back because of this bullshit. And that's all it is. And I hate to keep saying bullshit, 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 but it's an unbelievable hypocrisy that exists in this sport that allows some players to get in without a problem and other players to essentially be banned. And yes, there'll be a Veterans Committee vote next year and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens will probably be on it. And if the panel is picked in a favorably favorable position, 12 out of 16 people that are on this committee could vote one or both of those players in. And if they do, the hard work to defame some of the greatest players of all time, the work done by the BBWAA will go to waste. And I'll tell you this, if Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in the Hall of Fame next year after the veterans by the Veterans Committee, right after the BBWAA blackballed them, did everything they could to hold them back, it's going to be a shame on the, on the Baseball Writers Association of America. And you're looking at all the jobs they didn't do. They didn't get Alan Trammell in. They didn't get Jack Morris in. They didn't get Lee Smith in. They didn't get Harold Baines in. So the Veterans Committee might get a little bit stronger. And you look at the six new Hall of Fame members that they've brought in this year. Bud Fowler, Buck O'Neill, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, Gil Hodges, Minnie Minosa. You're looking at several important pieces of baseball history that the Baseball Writers of Association, Association of America ignored. So their work, which is supposed to be really the last, was supposed to really be the, the saving grace for a player, whether you're in or not, their job is not really being asked for. All of a sudden, their services may not be needed anymore. The very framework that the Baseball Hall of Fame has set up by the writers electing players or not may be going by the wayside. You may see a transition where the Veterans Committee may be the way you get into the Hall of Fame. And I hope Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in next year through the Veterans Committee. Just so you can stick it right up the ass of the baseball writers that think they're more holier than thou. But the secondary or tertiary point I want to make today has a lot to do with the campaigns that are out there for marginal baseball players. Players that had good careers. Great moments, but good careers. Tim Hudson. Tim Lincecum, Mark Burley. I think you look back at their careers and you say they were good. You know, Tim Hudson was solid over the course of his career. Tim Lincecum was great for a short period of time. Mark Burley was very consistent. You know, threw a perfect game and a no-hitter. Not many pitchers have done that. Now, 
the fact that the immortal players are being held back from baseball's Hall of Fame, and I could say you could throw Joe Jackson and Pete Rose into this mix too. Like I said, the Passball Show is not about talking about people when it comes to the Hall of Fame. It's the numbers. The numbers speak. You're either in or you're not. And you can look at other sports, and yes, the Basketball Hall of Fame is a little bit watered down, but if you ask me, John, what is your impression of a Hall of Famer? What would you look for in a Hall of Famer? And my answer would be exactly this. Write this down. When you bring up the name of a player, you say that name, and then you either say Hall of Fame or you don't. If you say George Brett's name, you say Hall of Fame. If you say Tom Seaver's name, you say Hall of Fame. If you have to think about it, the player is not a Hall of Famer. And it's no disrespect. You know, Tim Hudson, I think, might have the best case out of any of the three pitchers that I just mentioned, Lincecum and Burley. They had very good careers. But Hall of Fame is supposed to be for are they or are they not? You mentioned the name Barry Bonds. And there's there's it's Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame career. Roger Clemens, Hall of Fame career. Sammy Sosa, Hall of Fame career. Mark McGuire, Hall of Fame career. Harold Baines. Oh, Harold Baines is in. Hall of Famer. But you look back at his career, and you don't say Harold Baines, and you don't say no doubt. Hall of Famer. And what baseball has done by holding back some of the greatest to ever play the game, it's opened up the conversation about those that may not necessarily fit the criteria by their st stats and their accomplishments while they played the game. And that is a shame. And I, you know, I don't need to look at Cooperstown as it's set up on television, MLB enshrining, you know, marginal players. Because the greatest of all time were not put in there. And I think it's bullshit. And I keep saying bullshit to make my point. I don't want to curse on a pass ball show. But I think the Baseball Hall of Fame is a hypocrisy. It's set up for those that are liked by those that are inside the Hall of Fame. To get a little more love, a little more credit. You think of the Red Shandies. You think of the players that played for the old Giants. You know, the Veterans Committee always seemed to honor the good guys or the light. Those that did a lot for the game. Those that Jane Forbes Clark likes. And it shouldn't be that. You should look at a set of criteria by statistics. But most importantly, you should call the name of the player out. And then you either know. Julio Franco had a very good career. You don't think of Julio Franco as a Hall of Famer. You know, Torrey Hunter had a very good career. You know, over time, he might be able to build a, a more solid case. You look at his gold gloves, what he was as a defensive player, what he was as a team leader. He had a very solid career. But he's not, a, I, I don't look at him, no doubt, as a Hall of Famer. Willie Mays is a Hall of Famer. 
If I'm taking one or two, Willie Mays or Torrey Hunter, I'm taking Willie Mays. And it's no knock against Torrey Hunter. And I'll take another player just to, to, to not make it seem like I got, an, I got an issue with Torrey Hunter. Mark Burley had a nice career. Like I said, perfect game, no hitter. He deserves to be honored all, as an all-time great for the Chicago White Sox. You know, he pitched some solid seasons with the Toronto Blue Jays, got them back to respectability and back to the postseason. May I say Roger Clemens, Mark Burley. Let me talk about somebody that's in. Tom Seaver, Mark Burley. And like I said, it's not meant to put them down, but I think it's meant to put a better perspective into what the Hall of Fame should mean. And the fact that baseball led by the Writers Association of America, have done everything that they can to hold out some of the greatest players with the greatest accomplishments and the greatest stats, have opened the door for the Baseball Hall of Fame to very slowly get itself watered down. Harold Baines is a good man. But let's admit, Harold Baines got into the Hall of Fame because of the committee that was set up to vote for the players that were on it. It happened to be 12 of the 16 members were fans of Harold Baines. And it's fine. But is that how you want somebody to be elected into the Hall of Fame? I thought the stats and the accomplishments were really supposed to be the reason. We'll be back with you. Let's see. Well, maybe we'll try to do a show this Saturday. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, got some other things going on within the show, so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, like I said, we'll try to do a show Saturday, maybe do a little of a championship weekend preview when it comes to the National Football League. So we're looking forward to that. God bless you, and as always, i see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the friggin' World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. Now they come out as the biggest major league baseball manager apologist. And only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I think supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude playing a dude. Skaz is another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Tommy Knack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and the ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. 
You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.